You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. In the house today. Well, guys, we're going to continue on with our our, uh, sermon uh, series, All to Jesus. And uh, as I was praying and just asking God, God, what do you want us to to really get out of this. And, and the words came to me, less of me, more of him. Everybody say that with me. Less of me. Say it again. Less of me, more of him. And, you know, that is, in a nutshell, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I really believe that since Jesus gave his life, you think about this. If, if he didn't give his life so that he can approach us, and say, what can I give you now? Amen? <laughs> really, in reality. But I believe he gave us life so that we could follow him. So that we could live our lives for his purpose and his mission. So when I think about less of me, more of him, let me ask these a couple questions to you guys. Do you ever feel like there are certain situations that bring you out? Some of y'all afraid to be like, you know what I'm talking about. You, you've been in some situ- yeah, you've been in some situations that, that bring, bring the ugly out. Can I just get real? You bring, you've been in some, some situations that bring the nasty out, right? Well, let, me ask, let me put it this way. Do you ever feel like there are certain people that you are blessed to be around <laughs> that can bring the ugly out? just can. It just happens. It's, it's life and people are people. Amen? People are people and it's life and it can, it can bring out uh, the impatience and it can just, it can, you ever said anything that you wish you never had said? And the moment it, have you ever had the moment it leaves your mouth you pretty much know. Right? This is, this is not good. And so we got to get into a, a, a pattern to where we're seeking for less of us and more of Christ. Now, we're going to go to the word of God and y'all bear with me as we get through this. I just, because I'm always in this mode now of like, God, really show us. Because when we read scripture, guess what? You can read it and God gives you a different revelation for you. Amen. It's not just about one person standing on stage. As I read it, I'm giving you what I believe God is showing me. But how many know we're different? And so, but this is a time where I believe even after this service, we can go back and we can get back into this word on our own and really ask God, how do I apply this to me? God, what are you showing this to me for and what needs to change in me? So John chapter three, this is where we get the base, the basis of less of me, more of him. John chapter three, uh, verse 27. This is John the Baptist says, John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. Verse 29, it is the bridegroom who, bridegroom who marries the bride and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. 
Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. Now, I want to, before I read any further, I love this statement. I am filled with joy at his success. I'm filled with joy at his success. Now, does anybody know jealousy is a real thing? Have you ever been, and this is why I get so ticked off with social media sometimes. You ever been having a good day? feeling good about yourself, and then maybe you see somebody posted something on their social media that is a highlight reel, and it's not true anyway. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's not true anyway, but all of a sudden you saw that, and it's like, oh man, how how did they do that? How did they, and and you start feeling ugly on the inside, then you start feeling bad about yourself, and then you you can't even get happy for somebody else. We've all been there. But John is saying this, he goes, I am filled with joy at his success. And I believe he's teaching us something because, I mean, the more Jesus is known is the more successful he is. The more Jesus is known on this earth, this, this is John telling us that it's not about us. It's never been about us. But John's like, I know my place. I'm filled with so much joy at his success. I want him, I want him to to run his race. I want him to be all that he can be. I want him to fulfill his purpose. Then he goes on to say this. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He must become greater and greater. I must become less and less. One translation says, he must increase, and I must what? Decrease. I must decrease. And how do we decrease? That's the journey we're going to go on for the next several minutes here. How do we decrease? How do we get us out of us? How do we get us out of us? Mark chapter 8, verse 34. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples, also, meaning this is for everybody. This is not just for those, not just for his twelve. He called his disciples. He called everybody to him. This is Jesus. And this is what he tells them. Whoever desires to come after me, let him what? Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Verse 35. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Now. Here we go with this denial. Everybody say this with me. Denial. It's not in Egypt. (laughs) That's like a bad dad joke, wouldn't it? Denial. So many times we, it's something about our nature, even when we know we're wrong, we don't apologize. We don't don't want to face our wrongdoings. We want to justify ourselves. And Jesus comes along and says, listen, if you, want to, if you want to follow me, first thing you got, you got, to, you, got to, you got to take up your cross and deny yourself. Deny yourself. It's kind of like discipline. You know, after service, we're, we're, we're you know, we got some brownies back there that you guys are going to eat. It's <laughs> for our, 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 our fellowship time together. But how many of you guys have ever looked at something 
and you were like, oh man, if I can just eat one of them, I'll be safe. And you eat 10 of them. <laughs> right? We, we do. We just do. And it's like, and if we can start denying, when, when I'm just trying to wrap our brains around denial, it's okay to have the one, but the 10 becomes a problem. So when Jesus said, deny yourself, I think a lot of times people think, well, I will have no life. No, you, you will have life. But when we hear that word deny, we just think God's going to leave us without anything. But that's not true. He said, deny yourself. We got to come to a, a place in our life where we're looking at our plans. How many of you guys got plans for your life? We all do. Dreams and aspirations. And I believe when God says, deny yourself, just deny yourself. I mean, we may have to deny those plans for a moment. That's what he's saying. He's not saying, I'm going to leave you guys and you're not going to have anything and you're going to be an embarrassment to my kingdom. But guess what? I love you. No. He said, you may have to deny yourself some stuff. We got to deny our plans or, or our wants. We got to deny maybe the life that we've dreamed about and imagined. And put that at the altar and say, God, I'm, I'm going to deny that for a second because I'm, a, I'm more interested in what you have for me. And here's the thing, guys. If we really believe God at his word, that God put the desires of our heart within us, then at the end of the day, those things should probably match up when you're following God. Amen? Somewhere, if we believe that God gives us the desires of our heart, because everybody's on a race somewhere. Everybody's trying to, trying to get somewhere and do something and, and, and become this great success. I mean, we're in a world where the culture tells us to be dominant. We've got to, be, we've got to outdo the next person. A lot of competition going on. But when you're really walking with God, you may have to hit the brakes just a little bit and say, you know what, God, I... And that thing I really want to do, I, I may have to deny myself and see what that feels like for, for a moment. If I really want to follow after Jesus, the future that I dreamed about, things that I, that I see and pray about, I, I may have to deny myself a little bit. Now, that's, that's a hard word, amen, because we don't like denial. We just don't. But if we're able to have enough discipline and, and, and follow the word of God, I believe if we're on this path of really following Jesus, and he says, you got to deny yourself. And that's an individual journey, asking God, God, what does that look like for me in this moment? I think I said this somewhere in this series that, that, that surrendering all to Jesus doesn't mean like having nothing. It, it just, we're, we're giving, we're laying it at his feet. God, I'm gonna deny that for, and lay that at your feet. I'm gonna deny myself in that because I'm more interested in the life that you have for me. And a lot of times we think we're gonna miss out on something. How I many you know if you're really following God, you're not gonna miss out? You're not. You're not gonna miss out on anything if your life is really following after him. We're not going to miss out. We're going to enjoy. And we're going to stay committed to his process. So John chapter 12. 
Y'all still with me? Is everybody still with me? Yeah. Writing these scriptures down. This is, this is like homework. I want us to take this home and really dive into it. John chapter 12. It says, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat. Now, this is where we get into the denial. Everybody look at me real quick. The denial. I'm going to try to give a little, little um, I don't even know how to say the word. Um, Kelly, you're a teacher. You, illustration. Not an illustration. Like, what do you call somebody who works with plants? Uh, Horticulture. Horticulture. Can y'all say that? That's just cool. It makes me sound like I'm educated. Horticulture. <laughs> we'll get into a horticultural lesson. My wife's shaking her head. She's like, <laughs> But we're finna get, we're finna go there. This is, this is going to help us deny ourselves. Okay. It's going to help us deny ourselves and connect to God and believe him for those, those, those desires in our heart. It's all a part of the journey because what good is it to be successful without God? Hmm? Let me break it down. Jesus said, the word of God says, what profit a man to gain the whole and loses loses soul. What what profited man to gain the whole world to be so successful but lose his soul? And this is where I believe God can cause us to be successful and keep our soul if we do it His way. Okay, so John chapter twelve says, "I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat, everybody say wheat, falls into the earth and dies." It remains just one grain. It never becomes more, but lives by itself alone. But if it dies, everybody say dies. If it dies, somebody needs to catch this today, but if it dies, it produces many others and yields a rich harvest. He goes on to say, if anyone serves me, he must continue to follow me to cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living and if need be in dying. And wherever I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. Hmm, that's a good word. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. Now, he talks about that grain of seed. Now, this is, this is, this is, Jesus talking about, you know, he's painting that picture that he's about to go to the cross, be crucified, be buried. Now, that's, that's that seed. Now, if you know, I don't know a lot about a holder. How do I say that again? Horticulture. Wrist. But I do know if you take a seed and if you just keep, I remember my mom, when she had a garden, she'd get those seeds in packages. I mean, if they stay in the package... What? It's not going to grow. They sit on your countertop in the package. They're not going to grow. They only grow when you take action and you've got to do something. So you've got to open that package. You've got to take those seeds out and you've got to bury them, right, in the ground. And, and you would say like a pot. Like you know, bury them in the pot and, and you put soil over there and then you what? Water it and you wait and you look with expectation. Anybody ever planted a seed? Raise your hand if you've ever planted a seed. Did you plant the seed and not look for something to come out? 
I remember my son, what was he, about four or five? Or was it, huh? The tree. Kindergarten. Came home with this, this, this seed to grow a tree. And, and we, we, we planted it, but every day we're looking for something to come out. And finally something came out. But daddy was out there cutting the grass one day. And y'all know how much I hate to cut the grass. And I thought he'd forgotten about it. And I just didn't want to go around it, you know, because that takes too much time. And I cut it down. He hadn't talked about the tree for weeks. Little old little thing came out. Hadn't talked about it for weeks. But the very day that I cut it down, he's out there in the backyard. Daddy, where's my tree at? So, but the moral of that story, when you plant something in the ground, you are expecting something to come out, right? You didn't just plant it and walk away and think, okay, I've wasted my time, you know? No, the moment it went into the dirt, your expectation, every day you're coming home, you're looking, you're looking, you're looking, and finally you see something, what? Poke through gives you a sense of accomplishment, that something is growing. And Jesus is trying to get us to realize that. He's like, his life was a seed, but I think he's, he's showing us that so that we could follow that. He said, if you're going to follow after me, you got to be committed. And if need be, in dying also. Now, what is he saying? The moment you say yes to Jesus, you're going to drop dead? No, he's not saying that. But what he is saying is that if you say yes to Jesus, there must be a dying that takes place on the inside of us. That's where life begins. It must be a dying. We've got to die before we can grow. Anybody getting this? I'm getting it. We've got to die. There's something, there's something about us. There's, I, get, I get so ticked off sometimes when I hear people say, well, that's, that's my personality, and that's just the way Jesus made me. No, no, that personality can die. That becomes an excuse. So you're saying the Holy Spirit is not bigger than your personality? No, you just want to hold on to that. Oh, that's just my temper. If God wanted to get rid of that temper, he'd take it away. No, no, that temper can die. We've got to deny. There's something, there has to be a dying before we can grow. Now in Psalms 92, it's not on the screen, but just believe me, it's in the word. <laughs> Psalms 92, it says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Now, one translation says this. I love this because there are so many things that I believe as we're walking through this journey of life, so many things that we could attach ourselves to that we were never supposed to attach ourselves to. So many things that we could get involved in and we start developing this root system and God never called us to be involved in that. One translation in Psalms 92 verse 13 says, those who have been replanted. Okay, now that's a d- different those that have been replanted in the Lord's house will spring up in the courtyards of our God. You ever met anybody with a testimony? 
I mean, we all got testimonies, amen? Maybe one, one day we need to have testimony service. Because <laughs> it would go on and on and on. <laughs> oh, David, David's like, no, David's like, you don't want to hear my testimony. No, that could be the testimony that changes people. <laughs> Y'all remember testimony service, you know? I'm, I'm, I got some Kojic in my background, Church of God in Christ, and it's like testimony service, you just start passing the mic around, and you just don't know what's going to come out of somebody's mouth. But people were encouraged by, by hearing that people that were now walking with Christ had not always walked with Christ. You know, there's, there's people here, you may be surprised of their testimony, not judgmental, but it would cause you to say, praise God. That person's worshiping God and they used to, they used to be drunk and dancing on the top of the bars. <laughs> I'm picking on somebody here today because I know part of her testimony. But you look at her today, because she's a close friend of ours, Norma, you wouldn't think that about Norma. You would not even think that about Norma. <laughs> but here she is, when you look around at people worshiping, where's her hands at? She's worshiping God. She's worshiping God. Those are amazing testimonies right there. And we all have them. But when I think about somebody that has, was attached to something and then replanted in the house of God, attached to the wrong things and replanted in the house of God. Y'all tracking with me? Attached to the wrong relationships and then replanted in the house of God. Attached to the wrong mindset and behavior and habits, and then all of a sudden replant it in the house of God. Now they flourish and grow. Replanted in the house of God and now flourish and grow. What? Something has to die. And we've got to be connected to the right source. Amen? If we're going to walk out our life to Christ effectively, something has to die. Colossians chapter 2. Y'all still tracking with me? Is this helping anybody? To be planted, to, to be planted, something has to die. We follow after Christ. Something must die on the inside of us. Colossians chapter 2. So then, just as you receive Christ, and we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. I'm going to share another, another story. Colossians chapter 2. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Verse 7. Rooted and built up in him. Everybody say rooted. rooted. Say like you mean it. Rooted. Rooted, rooted and built up in him. Strengthen in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanks, thankfulness. Now, rooted in him, a root system. I talked about a root system earlier and, and we can be planted in the wrong things and develop a root system and, and it's, it's, root systems are strong. You know, they're very strong. Once, once you're planted and you develop a root system, it's harder to, to uproot you, Correct? 
The difference, you know what the difference between a mushroom and an oak tree? It's not the size, it's the root system. An oak tree, I mean, you can't, you can't push, you can't kick it, you can't push it over, but a mushroom that comes up overnight, you can just pluck it over. Because it has no what? No root system. No root system. And I believe the word of God, as we can stay committed to God, he says, continue to live your lives in him. It didn't say for him, it said in him. Got to live my life in Christ. I've got to be in him, in Christ, in all that I do and all that I say. I've got to be in Christ, rooted and built up in him. Rooted and built up in him. Now I'm going to show you this picture and this will, this will wrap up my knowledge of being a horticulturist right here. <laughs> now, that's a, that's a bush that's planted right outside of our, our house. That's, uh, how long have we been there, Heather? Seven years? Six years? So that bush is six years old. I mean, it has a root system by now. So the other day, me and my, my little daughter, we are, we're standing outside waiting on her to catch her bus. And... We walked out, we're looking at all the, the, the bushes in, in front of our house. The weather has come in and, and frozen up a lot. Remember, remember those, those single-digit temperatures? Huh? Well, all of our bushes kind of went into shock. And all the leaves just dropped off before the time. They just went into a shock. And so we're looking at that. There's no leaves on that bush. And I asked my daughter one question. I said, I said do you think it'll grow back? And she just took one look and said, yeah. And I thought about that. And it's like, that's a, that's a much deeper conversation because I brought them both outside the next day and we had a little lesson. I said, y'all come out and look at this bush. And I began to explain their root system. I said, what we see on the top looks like it's dead. But because it has a root system, and I asked them, I said, do you think... Uh, the root systems grow out pretty far. And they're like, yeah, it does. I said, so because it's connected to something that's bigger than it itself and it's drawing from something, nutrients and vitamins and food that it needs, I said, this thing will probably come back when it's supposed to. It'll grow back because of the strong root system. It's rooted in this flower bed and it's connected to all these other bushes and and there's no doubt in my mind that it's not going to not grow back. And then I asked him, there's one question. I said, if we thought it was dead, can daddy just reach down and pull it up? They're like, oh, no, it's, it's too deep off in there. In fact, one of our neighbors last year had all of their shrubs removed. You know, they had to have a truck come tie a chain around that and drag those bushes out of there. Because of the root system. David, you know what I'm talking about, that root system deep. So I hear this truck one morning like burning rubber outside our house and it's janking up bushes from my neighbor's yard because of the root system. And I said all that to, to my kids. I said, yeah, I said, that's just like God. Here's the thing, guys. You know, there's nothing that will keep you connected to God other than you being in him. Things don't keep you connected to God. They don't. 
Because guess what? If, let's say, if you were to be blessed and you won the lotto, how many would rejoice over that? Y'all scared to say, yeah, you you would. (laughs) But winning the lotto is not going to keep you connected to God. Having all your bills paid is not going to keep you connected to God. The only thing that keeps you connected to God is if you are rooted in him. Amen? Rooted and grounded in him. That's the only thing that keeps you connected to God. And I looked at my kids and I said, I said, we're convinced that this bush is going to grow back because it has a root system. And I began to look at them and I said, you know what? Throughout your life, you're going to hit some ups and downs. There's going to be some people that try to talk you out of God. Amen? It's going to happen. I said, there's, I said we're growing up in a world that wants to convince you that, that there is no God. We're, going up, we're growing up in a world that will condemn you by saying Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's the world that we're growing up in. We're growing up in a world, I'm looking at my kids and I, and, and I, I felt the spirit of God because I'm teaching them, guys, one day mom and daddy may not be here. And if you're not rooted in God, If you're not rooted in God, then somebody will easily be able to come up and pluck you up and carry you away. I said, you must be rooted in God. If you're not connected to God, there's a chance you may not make it. There's a chance you will be easily influenced. There's a chance that you will easily give up your salvation and you will think God doesn't exist because somebody talked you out of it because you were not rooted in God. Y'all still with me today? You've got to be connected and rooted. And they're looking at me and, and, and I know they're getting it at, at this age. And as we got through with that little illustration and, and lesson I'm teaching my kids, we walk away and my daughter looks at me and she goes, that, that was good, that was good. She goes, but off the subject. <laughs> off the subject, she said, can I have permission to go upstairs and, and play a video game? <laughs> okay. And I thought about that for a moment. It's like, she wanted to play that game before she even came out and heard my lesson. Watch now. That was at the forefront of her mind, right there. But what gave this daddy a little hope was, wow, she was able to block that out for a little bit and come listen to this message. It was cold out there. They had to put on their jackets. It's cold. And she was able to block that out for just a little bit. Come listen. And I, and I said all that because I believe God is teaching all of us every day how to stay rooted in him, but we got to be willing to block out something we want and deny something that we're after for just a moment to hear what God is saying to us. Y'all, y'all tracking? Just that moment. We got to deny. That's a daily process. I mean, we don't just die once. It's a daily process of dying, denying ourselves, being buried in him to allow the root system to grow. Because once the root system takes place, there's nobody that can shake you. 
You know, when I hear people say things like this, and I'm getting ready to close my second time, I, I trust this is helping somebody. It's helping me. Listen, this is a, I didn't, there's sometimes I don't want to preach the word that God gives me, but then if I don't, I'm going to miss out on it. It's not about you anymore. It's about, I don't want to miss out on what God's telling me to, to do. But when, when, when I think about people that, because we've all been there, maybe you got offended it, you, Anybody ever been offended by, by somebody in the church or something? And, but but this, is, this, is, this is what gets me because we've all been there, been offended. I can raise both my hands. Got offended at the church, but I did not leave God. Because I wasn't rooted in the organization. I was rooted in him. I wasn't rooted in the building. I was rooted in him. I wasn't rooted in the leadership. I was rooted in God. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I do believe that churches hurt people because churches are filled with people. But what I cannot accept is, well, I've been hurt by the church and I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want anything to do with God anymore. Well, no, you were never rooted with God. Because if you were rooted in him, I'm going to preach this till I get it. If you were rooted in him, offense never would have plucked you up. Well, the church has hurt me and I don't, I don't go to church anymore. So do you still go to restaurants? Okay, you've been to a bad restaurant? I've been to a bad restaurant, didn't like the food or the service. There's one thing to have good food, that I can tolerate bad service. But when you got both, bad food and bad service, I mean, no, that's a restaurant. You don't just, you don't walk out of that restaurant, oh, well, I'm just never going to another restaurant again. I don't want anything to do with restaurants anymore. No, you don't want anything to do with that restaurant. The reason you're not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not shaken by just that restaurant, it's not going to kill your experience. You're going to go out and enjoy another restaurant somewhere. But I challenge Christian people to say, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want, you know, the church has hurt me and I don't want anything to do with God anymore. But then you, you maybe never were rooted in him to begin with. Because when you're rooted in God, has nothing to do with a building or an organization, but it has everything to do with him. Amen? To be rooted in him. And when he's plucked you out of a situation you didn't belong in and he's rooted you, listen, baby, when you're rooted in Christ, nobody can talk you out of God. The world system can't talk you out of God. I mean, you know, they're trying every single day. That's so why I'm so adamant about this younger generation. They're trying every single day to convince them of who they're not. To twist their minds. But you know what? I'm getting ready to close, I promise you. But I feel like this needs to be said as, as, as we continue to See what God wants us to do here at Bridges. I know it's rooted in discipleship and teaching people how to really live their lives according to God. 
When I think about this younger generation, God is just placing a, a burden and just, I look at my children and, 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 and I want this younger generation to be rooted in God because, because they're growing up in a generation that we didn't grow up in. Where people are trying to convince them that they're other than who God made them to be. That's why it's so important for our younger generation to be rooted, rooted in God so that nobody can talk them out of anything. And that's how much for you and I, our personal lives, our homes, our families, everything has to be in the soil of God's word. Amen? This help anybody today? It's helped me a lot. And I'm not even done, so we'll continue on as, as we move the ball down the field. But I want us to do something because I really feel like, and let me see here. Where's Sarah? Sarah, if you can just come play the keys for me. Just, but I wanted the, the team to participate. We're going to take communion together. But I really feel like this is a word for all of us. Because every, every day we can, we, can, we can ask God, God, show me what needs to be replanted in you. Show me what needs to be replanted in you. Is it my attitude that needs to be replanted? Is it my thoughts that need to re, be replanted? Mm-hmm. When we get caught up in doing something that's anti what God would have us do, then that's a good opportunity to God. I, I've got to be uprooted and replanted. It says those that were replanted in God's house and begin to water that root system and to let it grow. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at bridgesnashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.